I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me once again in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. We'll pick up where we left off this past week as we continue walking through this important letter to this important group of believers in this important city and a letter that has much to say to us today as well. Kids, I want you to know that you have a handout in front of you. There's a lot of activities there, but one of the things that's also there are three boxes, and as we walk through the passage of Scripture this morning, Pastor Michael's going to share with you a couple of pictures that you can draw to fill those boxes so that you can follow along as we walk through the text together this morning. Parents, grandparents, You may want to draw those pictures. Maybe that's what you need to help you this morning as we walk through the text together. You know, it's interesting. I enjoy working with my hands. I do woodworking a bit, and I love to work with wood. I love to learn about different types of wood. I love to look at trees on the side of the road as they're growing up. And one of the things that... If you know anything about the way a tree works, the way it grows, is a tree, what you see is not all the tree that is there. In fact, what you find out is in a tree that there are roots that go down and spread out underneath the ground that sometimes is anywhere from two to seven times the size of the canopy of the tree that you see. Now, some of you parents, grandparents are terrified right now because you have a lot the size that I do, and there's a big oak tree in your front yard, and you're thinking, you're telling me, pastor, that what I see, there's somewhere between two and seven times that that's growing underneath. Absolutely. One of the things that that helps a tree do is when winds blow, it helps provide stability. It helps that tree not to fall over. What's interesting is, as we look at the text this morning, and as we walk through this passage of Scripture, that what we're going to see take place is Paul speak to this group of believers and try to say to them, you need to allow the roots to grow deep in the truth of who God is and what He's done in your life. As we look at the passage of Scripture, what we're reminded is that Paul has spent all of the rest of the beginning of Ephesians walking through the truth of our identity in Christ. Paul says, this is what Christ has done in you. He's taken you from death and brought you to life. He's taken you from being an object of God's wrath to being an object of God's mercy and grace. He's taken you from deserving punishment eternally for your sins to being made alive in Christ, experiencing the riches of His grace for all eternity. Paul over and over and over again as we've walked through the book of Ephesians has reminded us of the truth of our identity in Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, you can highlight chapters one through three in Ephesians and say, that's what's true about me. What's interesting is we're gonna begin next week 
in chapter four, and this is where the rubber meets the road for Paul. This is where things get very practical in our lives. But what I love that Paul does is he doesn't just begin there. He doesn't just say, here's how you should live. Here's the things that you should do in your marriage. Here's the things that you should do in the church. Here's the things that you should do in the world. Here are the things that you should do, parents, as you're raising kids. Here is how you walk through spiritual battle in your life. He doesn't go there first because what he knows is that for us to be able to live out the Christian life, We have to understand and grasp and allow the roots to sink deep in the truth of who we are in Christ. As we look at the text this morning, I want to read Ephesians chapter 3, beginning in verse 14 and walking through verse 21. I want you to notice this prayer that Paul prays. For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, According to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word into your spirit. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. As we look at the text this morning, I want you to write down this main idea that'll frame our time together. It is this truth. We desperately need spiritual strength to navigate this life and thrive as followers of Jesus. I want you to notice what Paul does at the beginning here in verse 14. Paul has laid out for us as we've walked through these first three chapters who we are in Christ. Meaning that if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, Paul has laid out for you what is true about you. Paul has looked and said, here's what you used to be. Here's where you are now. Here's what you used to be. Here's where you are now. Rest in the truth of your identity in Jesus Christ. Now you may be here this morning and you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You may look and say, Pastor Michael, I I don't know if I've yet taken that step or not. I want you to know that you can have assurance today. That you can take that step 
of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior. So that what Paul says is true about the believer in Ephesians 1 through 3 is true about you. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Verse 16, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. We're taking notes right down this first truth. I want you to see we need spiritual strength in order to experience the power of Christ in us. Kids, I want you to draw a picture of a muscle if you can, okay? Someone who's flexing, all right? Power. We need spiritual strength in order to experience the power of Christ in us. Notice what he says here. Paul is praying, and there's a lot of things that Paul could pray for. One of the things that Paul could pray for for these believers is they are experiencing persecution even as he's writing this letter to them. Paul had been kicked out of the city of Ephesus for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are some difficulties that the believers in this important city had experienced. And yet what Paul wants them to grasp, what Paul wants them to get is spiritual strength. Paul says to this believers that are gathered together, I am asking the Father who has all of the riches of the kingdom at his disposal. I'm asking for this, that you would be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. I want you to be spiritually strengthened. Why? so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now you look at that and you think, man, that's kind of an odd thing for Paul to say. Because Paul has already said about these believers that Christ dwells within them. He's already said that once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, that Christ comes to dwell within you. The Spirit of God lives within you, takes up residence in your life. But here, Paul prays and he asks that the Lord would strengthen them so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So think about that for just a second. If Christ is already in our hearts when we trust Jesus as our Savior, what is Paul getting at? I want you to take note of that word dwell. What would happen if you had someone who is a friend of yours, come to your house and dwelled in your home with you. It means they look at the refrigerator and they think, that's mine. That's why some of you don't invite your friends over, right? They look at your bed and they think, I could go there. They think the food in the pantry is mine. I'm going to enjoy whatever I want. I'll never forget when we were in student ministry, the very first time we had teenagers over at our house that my wife very lovingly and graciously prepared a ton of food for these teenagers to come and to devour. 
And I promise you, in about three and a half minutes, <laughs> every crumb of food was gone. So she's scrambling to put more things in the oven, and she puts that out, and it's gone. And then she sees a teenager walking through our home with food out of our pantry. <laughs> he just took up residence. He felt like he was at home. But think about that in relation to what Paul is writing to this group of believers. What Paul is saying to them is that he desires that they be strengthened from within spiritually so that Christ can dwell, take up residence, and feel at home in their lives. Let me ask this question. It's deeper than does Christ live in your heart if you're a follower of Jesus. Yes, he does, but does he dwell there? Is he invited to any room in your heart? Is he able to speak in to every single area of your life? Or are there areas that you say, whoa, 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 door shut, locked, can't go there. That's what Paul is getting at. What Paul wants these believers to have is spiritual strength so that Christ can dwell and take up residence in their home. Here's the thing that happens for us as believers when Christ takes up residence in our hearts, when he's allowed to dwell, he rearranges things. Someone comes and visits your house and starts rearranging furniture, you kick them out, right? So you're not staying here. I like my couch there. I like my chair there. I don't want you to go through the drawers in my chest. I don't want you to do that. But for Christ in our lives as believers, that's what needs to take place. If we're going to grow to be more and more like Jesus Christ, he has to dwell in our hearts, take up residence, able to walk in to any room of our lives and rearrange and change the curtains and throw things out that need to be thrown out. He has to be allowed to do that. Some of the problems for us as believers in our lives we wonder why we're not growing spiritually, and the truth is you've locked up rooms in your heart that Christ doesn't have access to. And you said, I don't want you to go there. I don't want you to change that about my relationship with someone. I don't want you to invade into this area of my life, into my work life, or into my personal life. I don't want you to do anything with that. Just let me be. What Paul says here in prayer to the Lord is God, give these believers spiritual strength to open the doors of their heart into every aspect of their lives so that Jesus Christ can take up residence there. So that he can go in and he can rearrange if necessary. And here's the thing, it's often necessary. 
so that he can remove sinful patterns in our lives, so that he can remove hatred in our lives for other people, so that he can help us as we seek to live out in relationship with our spouse and with our kids. I want you to get this. Paul begins here before he takes the step of saying, here's how you ought to live out the Christian life. Why? Because he knows the power and the strength to do that is not in our own will. The power and the strength to do that is solely based on Christ in us. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, but the truth is there are secret areas of your life, secret patterns of sin in your life that you've slammed the door that Christ doesn't have access to. And today is the day for you to open that door. To allow Him to dwell in every room of your heart. To allow Him to dig through the pantry of your life. To allow Him to open the closet that you don't want anyone to open. I want you to hear me this morning. You need to open those doors. Allow this time, this opportunity to be a reminder that if you want to grow in your walk with Jesus Christ, if you want to look more like Jesus day in and day out, He needs to feel at home in your heart. Paul says, we need spiritual strength in order to experience the power of Christ in us. We need that. Not only that, we need spiritual strength, Paul says, in order to comprehend the love of Christ for us. Kids, I want you to draw a picture in your second box there of a heart. Paul wants us to comprehend the love of Christ for us. Look at the second part of verse 17. He says in the first part, so that Christ may dwell, may take up residence in your hearts through faith. Listen to the second part. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. See, one of the things that you may think is that if Christ opens the doors in your heart and starts taking notice of what's there that you don't want him to see, your thought may be, he may not like me after that. But I want you to notice what Paul says here. I love how it's bookended together. How he says Christ needs to dwell in your hearts. He needs to take up residence. He needs to have free reign and free access to transform and to move and to rearrange priorities in your lives so that you are growing in your walk with Christ. And then he says, I want you to be strengthened to the point that you begin to grasp just a little bit how much God loves you in Christ. That you could begin to just scratch the surface of His love for you. 
Notice what he says there. That you would be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18, that you would have the strength to comprehend with all the saints. Notice how he describes this. The breadth and length and height and depth. That's all of it. That's all of it. That you would just grasp that. That you would be spiritually strengthened in the power of the Holy Spirit to just begin to touch the surface of God's love for you in Christ. That you would begin to grasp that. You know, it's interesting as you look at the scriptures and you realize just how deep God's love for us goes. You can go back to Genesis and realize for mankind that God had created Adam and Eve in the garden and said to them, here's how you will walk in relationship with me. Here's what you're to do and not to do. And immediately they decide we're going to do it our own way and sin against God, break relationship with him. But I want you to notice that God pursues them in love. And throughout the scriptures, what we see is that God continuously pursues people to transform their lives. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, here's the truth for you. When you, as Paul has already said, were dead in your trespasses and sins, that Jesus Christ loved you so much that he pursued you even there. And what Paul says here is, I just want you to begin to grasp that. I want you to begin to grasp the truth of God's love for you. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I need you to know that God loves you. If you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, I want you to know that God loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to forgive you of your sins and bring you in relationship with him. You can be forgiven and brought in to the family of God today. That's how much God loves you. You know, sometimes we have the mindset as believers, as followers of Jesus that God's keeping score in our lives and his love for us fluctuates on how we're doing. That if life's going well, if things are going well, if we're walking with him, if we do our daily Bible reading, if we pray, if we don't yell at our kids too much, right? That God's love for us increases in our lives. But what Paul says here is, I want you to get the truth that God loves you regardless of your performance. And the question is, why does he love you regardless of your performance? Because all he sees when he looks at you in terms of performance, if you're a follower of Jesus, is what Jesus Christ did on your behalf on the cross. What he sees is Christ's perfect righteousness that covers you. What he sees is a child of his whom he dearly loves. Paul says here, I want you to grasp that. 
You see, here's the thing that oftentimes takes place for us as believers, that we live the Christian life out of fear or out of trepidation of maybe God likes me or doesn't like me on the basis of what I do. What I want you to understand is that God loves you on the basis of what Christ has done for you. That God loves you as a result of what Christ has done on your behalf. That every single day when you open your eyes you can be assured of the reality that Christ's love for you has not changed one bit. Paul loses the words to even try and describe the love of God for us as his people. He tries to say strength to comprehend what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And then he just stops, comma, and to know the love of Christ. It's almost as if in this moment, Paul's words fail him in this moment to give the full picture of God's love for us. See, the truth is, for us to live out the Christian life that God has called us to live out, we need Christ to take up residence and dwell in our hearts. We need to grasp a hold of the reality of Christ's love for us. And to do that, we need the strength of the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts. To what end? To what purpose? I want you to notice verse 20 and 21. Kids, if you want to draw a picture, you can draw a picture of a stick of dynamite. Some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. That's okay. Do your best. Here's the incredible news. I want you to get this. Verse 20 and 21. That God can powerfully work in us in greater ways than we ever dreamed possible. And it's all for His glory. Notice what Paul prays, that God would strengthen us so that Christ may dwell in our hearts, that we would understand his great love for us. And then he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Paul says what we think can be accomplished with God's power and strength at work in our lives, with Christ dwelling in our hearts and rearranging and transforming our lives, dwelling on the truth of who we are in Christ. He says here, God can blow our minds with what he's able to accomplish through us. Verse 21, so to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to ask you if you would to bow your heads and close your eyes with me and give time for our worship team to transition back to the stage and also give an opportunity for those this morning who are taking the step of believers baptism to make their way up here to the front in front of this wall over here but with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed this morning maybe you've come in today and you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your savior 
You've never invited him to take up residence in your heart, to transform and to rearrange your life. And maybe today you need to take that step. I want to encourage you in just a few moments as our worship team begins to play. That you have an opportunity this morning to respond to the message of the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ, God's only son, came to this earth, that he lived a perfectly sinless life, that he went to the cross and he took your sin and he took my sin. And on the cross, he paid the debt of our sins, absorbing the wrath of God against sin. And that he didn't stay dead. On the third day, he rose from the grave, securing salvation for us, making it possible for us to be saved from our sins, to be brought in relationship with our Heavenly Father. Maybe this morning, you need to respond to that truth. In just a few moments, if you need to take that step, I want to encourage you as we begin to sing just step out from where you are. Come down and grab my hand or Pastor Aaron's hand and just say, I need a relationship with Jesus. We'd love to pray with you and then have an opportunity after the service to share with you what that step looks like. Maybe you're a believer here this morning and the truth for you is that there are areas of your life, rooms in your heart that have been off limits that Christ not been welcomed to. There's sin in your life that needs to be confessed. You need to take this opportunity and respond to the truth of God's word this morning. To ask for forgiveness. To declare once again that Christ has free reign to dwell in my life. Maybe you've come in this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, but feel like you've been on the treadmill of a Christian life, always wondering, always doubting God's love for you. And this morning, you need to rest in the truth of God's love for you in Christ. That He loves you not on the basis of what you've done, but He loves you on the basis of we ask this morning that you would continue to work in our hearts through your word as you have. That if there's one that's far from Jesus, that's never responded by faith to the gospel, that this morning would be the time that they respond. That if one needs to confess sin this morning and spend some time in prayer before you, opening the doors of their heart, secret areas of their lives. Would you give them the strength to be right? Would you give us the strength as your children to know, to comprehend the incredible love you have for us? We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to ask you if you would to stand. We're going to have the opportunity to respond to the Lord. Pastor Aaron's going to be down front. I'll be down for just a few moments this morning 
then we'll transition and celebrate these baptisms. But I want to encourage you, don't let today go by without responding to the Lord this morning. So as we sing,